another fantastic episode of Life Jitsu, Art of Life, live Las Vegas. We got 90-some degrees here today. Today, I believe, is the NFL Draft, and of all the sporting events, the NFL Draft is one of my favorites. It's a chance for your Baltimore Ravens fan, born in Baltimore. You're born in Baltimore, you tend to just be a Baltimore fan. We don't, we don't bandwagon as much. So anyway, it's always a chance, exciting time for your team to get better and improve. And you just don't know the way that things are going to go today. Who are they going to pick? Are you going to be happy with the pick? Are they going to bring in this big game changer, the best player ever, the best player in history? I love it because it's a study in prediction. All of our life is decision. We, a life, is the sum total, the quality of our decisions. That's it. And every decision begets a domino effect of other consequences. And that's fascinating. And we, we go through life and we think that we can predict which people are going to be successful, which people are going to be failures. How much does this person went to Harvard, this person didn't go to college. This person's six foot three and they can bench press 225 pounds 30 times, and this other person can only bench 225 pounds 12 times. So we're trying to make sense. This person runs a 4.2 40-yard dash. Someone else runs a 4.7. All that's pretty slow. And and we, we crunch all these numbers. We look at all this data. We look at the certificates. We look at someone's resume, and then we we label them. And we predict, oh, this person, if I'm a company, hiring the person from Harvard is automatically better. They obviously got great grades, and they studied under the best, and so they're the smartest, and they're going to help us build our business. And we just we have this these the, the stereotypes that we go around, these profiles and these predictions that we create. And what I love about the NFL draft, it just turns so many of the assumptions, so many of the predictions, it just turns it completely on its head. Players that that don't even get drafted turn out to be phenomenal and all pros and Hall of Famers and, and players that are first-round players are, are busts, and three, four years later, they're not even in the league. And yet all of the scouts, these trained eyes, these expert eyes, looked at the players, and you would think, wow, it would just be exact science. You can easily predict who's a can't-miss talent and who's not. That should be easy. Your scout, this is your job. It should be easy to go in. Hey, this this person played major college football at in the SEC conference or in the Big Ten against the elite competition. They did well. They're going to be better than this player from Division Two, Division One AA. They played in the higher leagues, so they're going to be better, right? Just doesn't work that way. Because life is strange. Because people, a lot. There are certain people they could play in a lesser league in college, but maybe they're a late bloomer. Maybe there's a spark there. Maybe all they needed was just the right coaching to be in the right situation. Maybe maybe there was a spark, a mental spark, a motivational spark, and bam, now they're just caught fire. And they're armed with a sense of purpose now. Maybe they weren't at age 18 when it came time for colleges to come calling. But now they are. Now they're armed with purpose. They're armed with a knowing who they are. They're 
they're mentally tougher maybe than, than some of these players that played in, in the bigger leagues. There's a lot of variables, a lot of moving parts in a life. And so to just look at someone's resume and make the assumptions, it's, it's terrible. There's a lot of guesswork when it comes to adding people to your team, when it comes to, to who's the right fit for my organization, who's the right fit for my program. If you're a football coach, who's the right fit for our offense? Who, what personality types can I work with and can I not? What kind of culture do we have? Does this person fit in that culture? Well, there are a lot of players that they were really good. They, they, they got in the right atmosphere, maybe a Joe Montana in San Francisco. Joe Montana, I'm convinced if he had played in many other systems, I don't think he would have been uh, a, what is it, a four-time, I believe, Super Bowl champion? Three or four times. Four Super Bowl rings, I believe. And the measurables didn't have a great arm, didn't have the physically imposing build. Finesse, finesse player. Timing, you know, was really good with, with throws that relied on timing and, and touch and that West Coast offense. And he went to a different team, different offense. I don't think he would have been been great. I don't. I think it was the right system, right coach, Bill Walsh, just fit him. And there you go, four Super Bowl rings, a legend. Sometimes it's just, again, it's like a marriage. It's just having the right fit. Where you're operating on all cylinders. So there's so much that goes into prediction. It's certainly not an exact science. And that's what I love, because I consider myself a late bloomer, and I've been doubted a lot of times in, in my life. People will just make the assumption that this person's better because they were a president or they were a CEO or they were this, and those are bad assumptions. I mean, sometimes for me, I am just, just have certain things in the DNA just born. You can't teach some of the things that I do. And some of the things that you do, it's hard to really teach them. You can refine them. You can try to perfect them. It's hard to outdo God. To me, it's hard to beat nature. You can go and and, and try if you want, but I'm a big believer in staying close to your gifts. So anyway, that NFL draft is tonight and I guess the next couple of days, and it's fascinating. Just fascinating to see what the talking heads will say. and There is a kid, Baker Mayfield, the, the, there's a growing feeling that he'll be drafted number one. Wasn't expected to be number one. I mean, they were thinking maybe he'd be number, maybe number six, number 12, somewhere in there. But now his stock is just soaring. I think he's got that it factor. He's a Heisman Trophy winner, but there are other people that have some of the better, the better arm and some of the better measurables, but he's got that it factor. By the way, I gave my TEDx talk on a big ego. Baker Mayfield's got a big ego. Austin kid, Texas kid, have you ever been at Austin? I mean, every other guy in Austin walks with just so much swag and just the whole, like, John Wayne thing. It's like a bunch of John Waynes everywhere. I've done seminars in Austin. That's where the Whole Foods headquarters is. And um, I like Austin a lot. The guys are really, I mean, they're really a bunch of them walking chest out and confident swag, and Baker Mayfield is like the poster boy for Austin, Texas, John Wayne, the second coming of John Wayne. Big, huge ego, cocky kid, celebrates a lot, taunts opposing teams, that sort of thing. He's come under fire for that, but again, fits with everything I said in my TEDx talk, which is 
the egos make the world go round. You've got to have them. If you want to do great things, this whole city here in Las Vegas, if you take away the big egos, this town wouldn't be built, wouldn't exist. Skyscrapers. Are the, you look at any major city where the what people come along and say, let's build a, a better building. Let's build a bigger building. Hey, how about we put my name on the building? Big egos. If you remove all the big egos from history, human progress would, would just go off a cliff. A lot of the things wouldn't exist. I understand that we're all that that there have been so many people from the highest to the lowest, from the CEO to the janitor that make a company go round, that pave the roads, and I understand that. I appreciate that. But you have these visionaries that can take everything and put it together and, and, and create financing for it and just the spirit of bigger and better find human history and certainly we hope that people who have great power learn great restraint we hope that they're fair we hope that they're more humble we hope they walk they uh walk quietly maybe they do carry a big stick but they walk quietly and they walk humbly it's not a pretty thing when someone's really powerful and yet they're menacing and intimidating nobody likes that but we can't demonize somebody having a little chip on their shoulder and little edge to them. There's a time and a season for that. Go go walk through life and just be the nice person all the time. People will mistake your kindness for weakness. They will try to stomp on you. They will try to take advantage of you. You got to be careful. You got to have a little edge. You got to have some swag. When you if you dare roam in the land of alphas, especially a game like football or business or a lot of sports, hey, you better have an alpha streak in you. You better have a mean streak somewhere. Cuz you're going to need to push that button every now and again. And if you don't have it, if you don't have that alpha streak, then the people that do are going to outdo you. They're going to out-alpha you. So it's a fine line, an ego spectrum, walking that that, that tightrope, that ego tightrope between big ego and major confidence and major swag and believing you can do anything and that unflappability, that that, that at times invincibility just to be that conviction that it takes to do great things, to be in the moment, to manifest great things, but at the same time that humility so that you don't crash and burn. You don't, you know, if if you're too invincible, and I've seen that in some athletes, like then um, it's like bull riding. Eventually bull, bull riding is a short ride. That's how invincibility is. So anyway, NFL draft today, beautiful thing. I can't wait to see. Ravens are supposedly in no man's land where a lot of the elite, elite players are supposed to be gone, and so they should trade back. Who knows who they're going to get. It's an interesting guessing game. Anyway, I love the NFL draft. I love because it's a time when teams can get better, and same thing in our lives. Um, for me, I'm just always looking to improve. And uh, that's what today is about. I had a great day. I ran into an, to a friend at Whole Foods. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm eating. And by the way, I mean, there was a time where there where I was always cooking. Wonderful money was tight. I was just always at home cooking. I always have a war chest of food with me. I recommend you do too. I've got juice uh, with me, some vegan protein, some berries in there, frozen berries, banana, 
cinnamon, etc. A lot of times I'll have sardines. I mean, a lot of you won't like sardines. I'll have an apple. I've got some dark chocolate, really dark chocolate. You don't want to go too, you don't want to go too, too crazy with your, sorry guys. 